today we continue along in the book of Revelation and the book of Luke in this last week of the year. Um, the homily will be about Luke, but the introductory comments will be about Revelation. This is one of those very highly symbolic things. So first of all, it talks about the beast. The beast most likely refers to two different historical figures. Probably the Roman emperor, perhaps specifically Nero, who would have been probably the emperor before the current emperor when Revelation was written. And then a second person, which we'll get to in a second. There's a reference to the 144,000 warriors standing in the middle of a sea of glass and fire. And that probably is some kind of echo of the Red Sea being parted. And then it talks about them singing the song of Moses, which makes it pretty clear that we're talking about something like Exodus. So that second reference to the beast is probably Pharaoh. We're talking about the future, but referring to the past in highly symbolic ways. So there you have it. After that, you're on your own for interpreting the reading today. But we'll be concentrating on Luke. I'm not going to take the easy road and talk about preparing for final exams. Instead, are you a control freak? Are you a perfectionist? I find that I am getting a reputation around here for being very organized, which is simply not true. The bar is a little low here. However, I would admit that I'm a recovering perfectionist. I used to be an engineer, and as an engineer, my job was to think of everything that could possibly go wrong and then stop it from happening. And in my spare time, I was a classical musician, where I would gather with 120 other singers and a conductor, and we would go over the sounds we were going to make with our mouths for a two-hour period for months down the road. Not only do you have to get all the notes right, you have to do them at the right time. A wrong, a, the right note at the wrong time is still a wrong note. So yes, I've spent a lot of time controlling, trying to plan for the future. But I've learned repeatedly, and I need to keep learning, that some of the best things have happened when I let go and leave it to God. Jesus talks of it in terms of persecution in this gospel passage, but it's not just at those moments of dire situations that we necessarily need to let go. If we're always in control, do we allow room for God in our lives? Do we allow room for God as creator recognizing that we are dependent on God for everything? Do we allow room for Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, allowing ourselves to connect with our friends, family, neighbors, and strangers, seeing the face of God in them? Do we allow room for the Holy Spirit to counsel us so that we can better carry out God's will? Paulists, in particular, have a special devotion to the Holy Spirit. 
And we have a book, I'm sure that John and Ruth have this, the Paulist prayer book. And the best part of the book, in my opinion, is way in the back, a section of occasional prayers. And I would like to share with you one of my favorite prayers to the Holy Spirit. It's called The Morning Prayer to the Holy Spirit by Tom Nell. And ask for a copy if you want it, because you're not going to find it on the internet. O holy and astounding spirit, you catch me by surprise at least once a day with the freshness of your love and the unpredictability of your presence, especially in humble things that somehow give me immense joy. Some moments are completely new, full of joy, as uplifting as the dawning sun, and those moments come from you day by day. Stand behind me today when I'm right and ought to be more determined. And block my way when I'm being stupid and ought to back off. Teach me true compassion for those in need so I can be of genuine help to someone. Bless me today, Holy Spirit, and astound me again.